The message you're about to listen to is from the 2020 annual conference of the Household of David, themed Mercy. Be blessed as you listen. The Bible says Elijah was fasting on Mount Oreb. And the Bible said the Lord passed by by a strong wind. But the Lord was not in the wind. First Kings 19. After the wind, earthquake. And the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, fire. And the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire, a still small voice. Cannot people follow earthquake, wind, and fire? Deep people follow the voice. Fire will not make you a mighty minister. It is the voice. This is the interesting thing. When the fire was breaking the rock and the winds were blowing or the wind was blowing, Elijah stood there. He knew that this, are not, this is nothing. But the Bible said when he heard the still small voice, he ran back to his cave and covered his eyes. To Elijah, a voice was more powerful. And I'm saying this more to young people. Are you, are you with me? <laughs> it shocked somebody one day when I told him that I have never fallen under the anointing in my life before. Listen, the anointing most people for years, there's nothing wrong. I'm just saying that. Put your attention where at times as people are coming, you you cannot don't act like Naaman. You are telling God how you think he should solve your problem. So Naaman came with expectation. Second Kings chapter 5. He, and when the servant of God said, I go dip yourself in Jordan seven times, he was offended. The Bible says he said that I thought he would just come out and put his hand over the place. He had a picture. Can this be the reason why many people don't receive? He came unto his own and his own received him not. God can pass by without man knowing. Because you have your eyes on a particular way that you think God will move. On, on, on Wednesday, as he was speaking, I perceived very strongly. I don't like sharing the visions that I see. If the Spirit tells me to say some things today, I will. I saw that when he was giving instructions, some people, just a phone call to somebody and to men faces with the person, that will hand all the predicaments that they have. But they want a power administration. The Jews looking for signs. The Greeks for wisdom. He said, but we preach Christ. So this one foolishness, so this one madness. But to us, Christ, the wisdom and the power of God. I'm not saying this about this meeting only, that whatever meeting we go for, when I go to, and I'm not saying this because so what I think I added, all the ministers or the bill will be here. Okay, so, so somebody might be thinking, that, is he preparing the ground? Maybe somebody's not coming. Somebody's coming. <laughs> all, the, all the ministers will be here. So I'm, not bringing, I'm just telling us that we should, that whatever conference, whatever meeting we go for, put your attention on what is very important. Let's share something about mercy this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many people have obtained mercy here this morning? Remember our scripture, the theme the Lord gave us. Romans chapter 9 verse 14. It is not of him that will it. Oh, so some will. It is not of him that run it. Some are doing wrongs. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> So, have you heard that word before? Wrongs. <laughs> Don't do wrongs. 
It's not of him that runneth. But it's of God. You can't tell the story of greatness without talking about the mercy of God being included. Because the race is not to the swift. The battle is not to the strong. Bread is not to the wise. Favor is not to the skillful. But time and chance. But then somebody controls time and chance. You got times and seasons in your hand. You can get all things right. The steps to a bumper harvest, they are the same. You'll be diligent. You'll be hardworking. But in doing all those things, if the mercy of God is not added, there's a trouble. There's trouble. Haven't you noticed on a Sunday morning or a Saturday morning, many are those who jog, who go to play match every Sunday. This will shock you. Some of them are better than the players we talk about. This is why no great person that is truly great can, can be boastful. I don't know whether it was Gideon Kocha or Sunday, he said they were interviewing that, and he said that, but we remember, in those days, there were guys that when they showed up on the field, people like us would go and sit down. Where are those guys? Time and chance. The preachers you see are never the best. People you see on TV are never. Some, because God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. Pride will shut some, they're out. Some are so arrogant that even God does not want to touch them. When angels want to leave, God will tell you, I leave him, he's proud, he's big, he's a big boy. <laughs> the race is not to the swift. How could David have calculated being in palace? Somebody, there was a name in the palace and somebody said, I have seen the son of Jesse. He said, a man skillful in playing harp." For Samuel 16. And he said, and the spirit of God, that was the last thing, was upon him. The spirit of God is with him. That was the guy giving the report in palace. That was what made all other attributes. He said, I've seen the son of Jesse, skillful, handsome. He said, prudent in speech. Eloquent. Good oratory power. He said, but the power of God, the spirit of God, the Lord is also with him. And that made the difference. Because which is being handsome, being prudent in speech, and is being, being skillful. He was only playing to the sheep. Nobody recognized what he had. Except for the mercy of God. Now, the Bible did not even uh, uh, tell us the name of the fellow that spoke. What I want to speak briefly is it's about tongues. The Bible didn't tell us the name of the guy that recommended David. We don't know his name. We don't know his position in the palace. But there was a conversation in the palace. And by God's grace, he was around at the time the commission was taking place. And his own contribution was just like, I have seen the son of Jesse. See, this is, you will need a conversation to evolve, to emerge. But that conversation is controlled by God. You will need a conversation to go down. And that conversation is controlled by the devil. Tongues are powerful. And I want to link that to mercy today. Are you following me? So in the case of David, somebody made a recommendation and he was lifted. The king just said, bring me the boy. And then they brought him. So you will get all the parameters right. A Christian should be diligent, yes. A Christian should be this. But except there is a drop of mercy on what you have done, a person remains. And that is why so many people are angry. On social media, angry everywhere. They are angry because they think, but they are forgotten that by strength shall no man prevail. Some of them think pastors are lazy. And the most critical people of pastors are fellow pastors. 
when a person labors and they cannot grow beyond five, and he sees somebody who does not know revelation like him, and he's right. Honestly speaking, from my school days, there are some of the most loaded people in terms of revelations. Don't do great work. Because actually, knowledge pops up. They are the ones who will look at Bishop Aloki and say that uh, you know Hebrew Greek. With all your Hebrew Greek, you can stay on one spot. People, souls are not set free by Hebrew Greek. The word is konostelo, not konostena. How does that save anybody? I study Hebrew. I'm just saying, you know, you have to. <laughs> Somebody, Pastor, the boy will come with his gentle message. The God of Elijah is also the God of. Some guys will carry their Bible and go out. You know, an ordinary edict he cannot heal. Or an robot was praying for the sick one. The one student said that, he said, Father, heal your son. He said, That rendering is wrong. That the Bible said, Whatever you demand in my name. So he should have said, In Jesus' name. But the person was praying for God healed. And the one complaining has never healed. How, how, how silly some people can be. I don't argue with young people on Facebook. Once I, I just yank you off. I don't have time for nonsense. Some just, it's just head knowledge. Just want to talk. When we were in school, people did it. I left UI 2005. So people did it in school then. We had probably on the campus. Even when, when, when we had Dr. Luke, I do agree with someone. I might not, uh, even minister that we do agree with, some of them came, but we know that, that they are believers. We might not agree with some of their doctrines. When they came, we went there to honor them. Some of our guys were like this. Those who were doing that, some of them are not Christians again today. Their revelation buried them. And I'm sure many of you are, so there are people from different schools, and you can see people still following the same line. Yesterday, we were talking about, where, myself, we were talking with Reverend George. In his room, and he just said, He said, Well, somebody said, he said 30 years ago, some of the things happening now, they happened then. Knowledge. And he started giving us names of ministers. One that will say, Do we have any any blind person here come out openly? He said, These are these are these, these people were doing miracles on the streets. But he laid hold of a message. And he began to say that you can't be wrong as a Christian. He will come to church, Sunday church service drunk and he will heal the sick. He said he was watching. He said people like you were small boys then watching. You see, it's not, this thing is marathon. It's not a spring. You cannot tell a true minister after 30 years. And when somebody is still standing with the gospel after 30 years, please show some respect. Somebody's bamboozled with revelation of two years old. And he's insulting everybody. And you are following that kind of person. Oh. You see. Oh, dear Lord Jesus. I have to go to the message. The Lord said you have never passed this path before. The ark of covenant. The ark was bought by. It was carried by four priests. And the Lord said I leave a gap. Two thousand cubits. Between you and the priest. That you might observe the direction they are going. The spirit is teaching something from there. When you want to follow somebody, leave some gap. Watch them for some years. Your life is too precious to commit to somebody who is using you as guinea pig of his revelation. I hope to go, I hope to go back to campus and tell some people some things because we hear some things. Paul said that I was telling Timothy, he said, the things I've taught you, knowing of whom you have lent them. 
Yes. Some of the stories you read in Acts chapter 1, 2, and then you read at the end of Acts. The old Acts of Apostles has 28, 28, chapter, 28 chapters. But see, this story happened within over 40 years. But when you are reading, you think everything happened around the same time. It takes time to know his journey. It takes time. Anybody can start anything. Is somebody with me? Hallelujah. The other side of the tongue. The Lord will touch some people in a few minutes' time now. And then this meeting will continue like that. Maybe, I believe that most of us don't have to go home today. Me, I'm not going back home. Just stay. When the session is over, begin to pray. It is camp meeting today. Are you ready? Are you following me? Oh, dear Lord Jesus. On the positive side, somebody spoke for David. On the negative side, this is how it works. Have you read the story of a priest in the Bible? We are going to go to Hebrews in a while because I want to talk about the mercy seat. And if I don't get there today, maybe tomorrow morning, just for a person man comes up again. Are you with me? A young priest. The same way somebody was there who was present in the palace when there was a conversation about the need of a king. And the story evolved into David showing up. In a similar way, they were talking one day. Also a palace talk, King Saul. And he said, guys, one of you must be for David. I've been trying to get this guy and every time I try to escape, somebody is telling him something. He said, which one of you is a traitor here? And the Bible said, Dear grace is hand. He said, Excuse me, sir, there's no traitor. He said, I saw David. Now he was saying, Which one of you? But he said, I saw David. He said, I saw David. He came to the priest and he called it. The priest gave him bread and gave him the sword of Goliath. So I said, Try. Priest? He said, Go and call all the priests for me. And the priest came. You know, all of them from the city of Nob. The guy just came with confidence that, So what's going on? And the king said that, so you join David. You know he has turned against me. And the guy protested, excuse me, sir, I don't know what you are talking about. And every time you wanted, every time you wanted to inquire from God, you sent David. So I just assumed that you were the one that sent him this last time. Nobody told me there was a fallout already. I did not know. He said, that was not the first time. You have told him to come and see me many times. He said, so he came and we did the normal thing. Saul knew the guy was telling the truth. But there was a tongue against the guy. Why? His great-grandpa, Eli, as he was committing sin, his sons actually, stealing church offering and raping women in the church. And God said, I see, the iniquity of Eli, no sacrifice will take care of it. And when God gave that message to Eli, interestingly, instead of Eli to say sorry, have, has it ever occurred to you that the story of redemption might have taken a new turn if Adam said sorry. Have you noticed Adam never said sorry? When God said, have you eaten? He said, the woman. This is what happens to those who don't accept responsibility but blame others. Because I have checked through the Bible, it is very, I don't want to use the, the impossible, nothing is impossible, but it is almost close to impossible on the side of God to say no to a man who pleads for his mercy. There is something about God not being able to resist. That was what happened in the story that Paolo read yesterday. 
in Mark chapter 10, from that 40, verse 46. There is something about when a man, no matter from where a man is, if he reaches out and says, Lord, you are merciful. Even Ahab, the most terrible king in Israel. The Bible said there was no king that sold himself unto evil works. Maybe Manasseh must have been the only one that actually went a little above, or maybe at the level of Ahab. Manasseh, Isaiah was his father's prophet. He was one that killed Isaiah. When the Bible talks about in Hebrew, Hebrew chapter 11, that some by faith, some were son asunder. They were play, placed between two plywood and they used sword to call them. That was how Isaiah, Isaiah died. And so Manasseh that killed Isaiah. And Isaiah was his father's prophet, Ezekiah. But the same thing we are talking about. Interestingly, as wicked as Manasseh was, he was the only king that was captured. And he repented and he came back to become king in his land. No other king was taken like that and returned. Manasseh was. Could it be that God looked at the guy that the issues around him, they were bigger than him? Because his father set him up, got him into trouble. Ezekiah got sick and he got to him and people came to visit him. And he was showing them. That's why churches should learn by now. A minister of God, you don't show people the kind of car you are. It's not the gospel. Show people Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Keep your blessing. People are not impressed by your blessing. You will just create people who will be rivals for yourself. I get what I'm saying. Yes, so they came from Babylon. This guy was taking them around. Say, so come and see. This is gold. This is diamond. And they were looking at it. When he finished, he left. They left. Prophet Isaiah just came in there. He said, Oga, who were those people that came? He said, ah, they came from Babylon. He said, what did you show? I said, I showed them everything. All the things in the temple, the gold, the silver. Ah! He said, you are a fool. He said, there is nothing that they have seen that they will not carry into Babylon. He now said that it will happen in the time of your son. Instead of this guy to say, Lord, I'm sorry. He said, at least there will be peace in my time. I'm okay. So, because the word of God will not fail. Manasseh must be a bad person. So, if God looked at him, the Bible said when the king captured him eventually, he sat under the king's table and he repented. And God said, I restore his kingdom back to him. The same thing, Ahab, when Elijah said, see, this is why we have to be careful how we interpret spiritual things. What does not concern you does not concern you. If you were there that day, when Elijah came and he pointed to Ahab and he said that you just killed Naboth, the same place, and that's Second Kings chapter 1, the same place where you killed Naboth, that is where dogs will lick your own blood also. And the Bible said that Ahab went home and sat down. It became so sad. And he said, don't entertain me tonight. And God told Elijah that, you know what? This guy humbled himself before me. He said, I will not bring this evil to pass in his time. But you see, if you were there, just like if you were there, when Isaiah said to Ezekiel, that put your house in order, you shall die. Let's say you were one of the palace guards. And after Isaiah left, you changed duty. You went home. Somebody else took over. And now, one year after, Ezekiel no die. Say, I'm probably here. I've said it. No, I'm not anymore. I was there when he said that the king would die. Exactly, if you don't like the king. Say, this is the third year now. Baba Yoku. So you're angry. The man is still alive. But this is the third year. I, I heard when Isaiah said, Listen. Ah, am I going into too many things? A word from God. We say God's word is final. I don't want to begin to show you in places in the Bible where God has said something and he called back for it. 
he said to Eli, I have sworn that to labor your grandfather that your, your, your lineage will be prince before me forever. He said, but now far be it unto me. He said, for those who honor me, I will honor, and those who despise me will be lightly esteemed. So this guy was talking about, so Eli did all that, and interestingly, when the prophet gave Eli the message that your iniquity will not be wiped off, instead of him to beg, he just said the same thing. He said, he is the Lord, let him do as he pleases. Ah! I'm sure God said to Michael, shame alone by we. He's talking, did you hear that guy? He said, I should do whatever I like. Okay. No problem. Hallelujah. For those who have a version of God, who cannot punish, who cannot discipline. I don't know the kind of Bible they are reading, but they are not my focus today. Editing the world to sweet yourself is foolishness. The Bible says, behold the goodness and the severity of God. Romans. God is good. He's a father. A father disciplines. So God disciplines. He does. Hallelujah. Anyway. Yeah, God does not go about killing people. No, no, no. That's not what we are saying. But God disciplines. And God judges. Being a father does not stop from being a righteous judge. Yeah. But he is merciful. Are you hearing me? Eli said that. And God said, no problem. So from that day. The prophecy came that anybody that grow old in your house, in your house, will be begging for bread. Others will die prematurely. That was what caught up with that guy. He was one of the few righteous priests in the Bible. Truly, he didn't do anything, but because a word had gone ahead of him. So that Bible said that no weapon fashioned against you. every tongue that rises against you in judgment. When those tongues, when they rise against you in judgment, what stops them? Is the blood, the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you have to say it yourself. Bible did not say every tongue against judgment shall be condemned. Every tongue thou shalt condemn. So that means you are, that's why you are not a priest for nothing. He has made us kings and priests. Revelation chapter 5 verse 10. Unto our God and we shall reign on that. This is how we reign. We reign by removing the negative over our head, over our family. And it's a job we do forever. Can I hear loud amen? Yeah. Is somebody hearing me? Yes. And I want to show us how to do it. Look, this is a job you do forever. Listen, if the atmosphere over you is not clear, you cannot work in the mercy of God. Tongues will rise against you. People will say something and it will affect you. Somebody might be going for an interview. A comment is made and that's it. Oh, I will never forget. I was driving with a friend one time and we saw one beautiful lady don't mind me, just pardon me. I'm not Kana. But I did it, it happened. When school, she was a Christian. Very beautiful lady. We know what I mean. So I was looking at her. When were you? I? So we went for a fellowship, a prayer meeting, and we're together in that prayer meeting. I was like, wow. So I was beginning to think in my heart. She likes me, and I liked her. I said, maybe. So a friend of mine came, and he brought a very, he came from under school, and he brought a very luxurious car. And we're driving inside the car. We saw this lady standing in front of Idia Hall. And I just told my friend, I said, look at that. My friend also, I mean, my friend used to pray for six hours in tongues. So I said, look at, I said, look at that beautiful lady. She, I mentioned her friend, she goes to social fellowship. And she's a wonderful sister. I said, you see how beautiful she is? He said, ah, go find Luju Do you know, because my friend was a prophet and a man who used to pray for six hours, he didn't tell me to go for her or not to go for her. But that comment, 
That girl, I just looked at her again and she was not beautiful again. One day she asked me that when we're praying together and getting close, I know that you had something in your heart. I just used time to play around it. And she was right. A tongue. <laughs> a tongue. Now, that's a funny example, but these things are happening on a daily basis. Now, that is from physical point. See, words, they rise and they go. Mm. Oh, dear Lord Jesus. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verse, verse 24. The Bible says, talking about the blood, we have come to Manzan. We have come, verse 24 talks about, we have come to the blood of, he said to a new covenant. This one that puts under the new covenant, to the blood sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. New Testament, we have come to blood sprinkling. That means sprinkling is a regular thing. It's what we keep doing. Why? Why is the Bible talking about Abel in New Testament who died in Old Testament? Because this event, physical Abel died, but people's blood still cry out of the soil. When Cain killed Abel, God spoke to Cain. He said, you have killed your brother. The ground has swallowed your brother's blood. He said, it will never yield its full strength to you. Now, when John came under new revelation, he told us that when you speak evil of your brother, you have killed your brother. So right nowadays, especially among church folks, we don't kill ourselves with physical sword anymore, but we still kill ourselves with words of mouth. Can it be? Now, if under the Old Testament, when Cain, who was Abel's brother, killed Abel, the blood was crying from the soil. In New Testament also, anytime you speak evil against people, anytime you judge people and you say some other things, their blood also is crying from the soil. And it will affect the works of your hand. It's a dwarf thing. There are things that people have said hanging over our heads. And there are things that you have said about other people also because we are expected to walk in love. Those words, they become a fortification in the spirit, stopping progress. And this, this is what takes place. I believe if Daniel could pray, if the revelation of Jesus was available in the time of Daniel, the angel would not have fought for 21 days. By now, you know if you're a Bible student, there is no one, one there. People think, heaven, we, do have one, we have at least three heavens I mentioned in the Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul talked about somebody being caught up to third heaven. If there is third heaven, there has to be first heaven and second heaven, logically. Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God create, created the heavens. You will not see that word heaven. When Peter was talking about it, he said the heavens of old. It's always in plural. Because it's not one heaven. You have three heavens. The third one is where the Almighty God dwells. Because Paul said I was caught up to paradise. Where God? That's the third heaven. But then the second heaven. The first one is the, all this atmospheric physical heaven before us. But the next one is a spiritual place. So when the, uh, when the angel Gabriel was coming down with an answer for Daniel. And he said the prince of Pasha withstood me for 21 days. Between the third heaven where the answer was coming from. And where Daniel was on earth. There was a warfare that took place. And angel said I had to call. When the battle got so tough, Gabriel picked up his Samsung phone and called Michael. I need the help here. <laughs> that was the first time Samsung phone was used. <laughs> so he called. And Michael came to help. And he told her that when I am true, I'm going back, the battle continues. Because there was a spirit over the prince, the prince of Pasha. The, the Pasha, Medo Pasha, they were ruling the world then, and the prince in charge. Now, let me not go to the people, that's just to understand that. So, in that second heaven, it is where there are voices, voices, that as you begin to pray, oh, sh- Lee, 
Somebody can leave a church and say so many evil things about the pastor that it begins to affect people going to that church. And it's not true. Things that he's saying. That's what the Bible says that every tongue that rises against you in judgment. Most of the tongues are not saying it before you. And at time, I gave an illustration yesterday. Imagine, which I've heard before. One of my friends told me, she said, oh, our mom, the father married Barney man, and then the first, uh, uh, the first wife left. So the daughter was there with the father. So there was a long gap between them. So when the mother came, she told me herself, the daughter was about eight when the father married her own mom. Then the mom started giving back to children. He said, ah, he said, my mom showed my sister Pepe. She made the art a living hell for her. And he said that where that lady's mom, and my father wouldn't let my sister go back to the mom, and where the mom was, she kept seeing what this woman was doing to. You know what? Whether she likes it or not, she has set up something in the spirits against all her children. Because the most sure, the, the surest law in the Bible is the law of sowing and reaping. Make no mistake about it. When you study the Bible, please be a good student of the Bible. Not everything written in the Old Testament portion of the Bible was under the Old Testament. There is the law. Before the law, Abraham existed. God dealt with men outside the law. So when you are categorizing them, do it with knowledge. So some statements did not come as a law. They came from God. As soon as Noah stepped out of the earth, God said, why the earth remains? Both new creation and old creation, why the earth remains? Seed, time, and harvest will never cease. When the soul of people, ordinary, you have a driver, and you have, you have flicked this guy to a point where he raises his voice to God in heaven. That's a problem. Don't say don't go just like that. Hallelujah. Are you, are you following me? Oh, dear Lord Jesus. A woman, she was a young lady then. Because her elder sister wanted to marry somebody who was a disabled person, there was nothing she didn't say. And one day that man said in their house, when they came to the sister and they walked him out, as the person was pushing him and was going, just looked at the sister and said that, Send it to Yoruba. She told me, let's say no. No problem. And he left. The sister, the major voice opposing the guy, gave birth and the first child was disabled. It was a minister teaching the mercy of God. No healing service. She just remembered and repented. God is very gracious. But see, the wickedness of Satan is that many times you don't know. The Bible said that the ungodly don't know at what they stumble. It is true. When light shines on where the corner is, where the issue is, everything is solved. He has said this publicly in church, so I can say it. See, the cause of the costless. I hope people will draw something from what I'm saying. That's why we can't but be humble before God. Pastor Nibakari told us a story. He's very, very close. My brother and him, they are very, very close. My brother spends 1st of January in his house every now and then. They are very, very close. One day in church, he said it publicly in church. He was about to go on pulpit to preach. And the wife just said, as the minister was coming, and when they called him up, he said, go and deceive them like he has finished deceiving them. Deceivers. 
if your wife says that to you, <laughs> like I said, all the revelations disappeared. He went to the stage and just said a few things and dis- dismissed the service. And he told Dickens to wait. He said, Dickens, don't go. He said, because the next thing you might hear is that I've sent this woman away. He said, just before I went up some minutes ago, my wife said I should go and deceive all of you. Please help me ask her, since when have I become a deceiver? Long and short of me said that a woman told her in the church that Pastor Bakari was dating one girl in the church. So they called the, the elders called the woman and they found that it was a lie. The woman said, Somebody told her. Said, Somebody told her. And it was a. But you know what? She believed it with. They got old. And she believed it. She said the woman denied because she was afraid. And the marriage was going down. He just knew. As he sat down meditating, like a flash, he just saw it. There was a woman, a very wealthy woman, who was in Redeem. She called Pastor one day when Pastor was a lawyer in Redeem and said that she wanted to do a court case. She needed his help. So he came in the evening. And the woman was wearing something like a, just a nighty, revealing, and she was trying to make some funny moves. Abakari said, are you okay? And as he was, was going in anger, the woman just said, what's wrong with you? What's the big deal there? Your God, they boy, do you know how many times he has come to do it? And he said, he believed it with everything in him. And he went to Padiba and he said, Daddy, uh, this one said, Padiba just looked at him and sighed deeply, hmm, and continued doing it. He was writing Bible study, man, continued writing, didn't even sign. And he said, he said, well, Father, who can make mistake. I won't tell anybody, but Baba did it. And he left. That was the only thing God reminded him. He jumped into his car and he drove to the shop about 22 years after. He came back and Pastor Dibu was waiting for him. And he said, Daddy, the Lord showed me. The Pastor just said, Now you want to hear the truth. He said, That woman told me that she didn't pray. I went to her house. And she was trying to do exactly what she said. I pushed that away. And she told me that I will touch people that are close to you and blackmail you. He said, so she didn't want you. She staged the whole thing just to drop that information. Maybe knowing that you, you will talk. And by the way, he said, go home. It is over. He got to and he made the wife crying. And said, I did not know why one woman will come from somewhere and say something about my husband and I'll believe it without any evidence. See, some things is not counseling. People have been invited for counseling. As they are going, they will be going and the fight will go to another level. Say, did you hear what the counselor said about you? Say, you won't come. They said this one about you also. That you, hey, okay, so, you know, and then they continue. Say, hey, he told me two points, but he told you five points. So you are the devil here. <laughs> and later they say, even that counselor said, he didn't even decide the case very well. <laughs> How do you counsel people out of that kind of thing? Mercy. Tongues. Against people. So the Bible said that to the blood sprinkling that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. This is how we wage warfare. So let me conclude this way. Don't worry, it's a long... I was going to take you to Joseph. Why is brothers putting him in pits where there is no water? That is what brethren can do to you. It can happen out of bitterness and hatred, but it can also happen when you sin against brethren. You dwell in pits where there's no water. Zechariah 9 11. He said, I've set our prisoners free out of pits where there's no water. He said, Return prisoners of today, I will enter unto you double. Zechariah 9 11. What is a pit without water? It is a state that a person can be. If you're in that state today, you need the mercy of God. When the rain of heaven is not over your head, because according to Psalm 1, the Bible said that blessed the man that walketh not in the castle of the godly, nor stand, in the, nor walk in the way of sinner, nor sit in the seat of scornful. 
But no, a man that's working on the castle of God in us stand the way of sin now see see those comfort. He said, His delight shall be the law of God. In his law, he makes it there. It shall be like a tree planted by the riverside. It shall be like a tree planted by the riverside. When Balaam was trying to cause Israel in Numbers 24, he said, His sea shall be many water, it shall pour its water from buckets. God's plan is that you'll be in the midst of water. That's how to try. He said it was blessing Jacob. He said it's like a, he said it's like a cedar planted by the riverside. But when a person can also be in a pit where there is no water. That's Zechariah 9-11. That was Joseph's experience. The brother took him and they stripped him of his own clothes and put him in pits where there's no water. And there are people in pits where there's no water. It's an indication that tongues are against you. Mercy. Are you with me? Yes, sir. When you write this, see, towards everybody, God's goodwill is said towards everybody. Especially towards every Christian. The blessings of God are laid before you. When you are not working, it is God's plan that you start something and it prospers. It is God's plan that you stay in the house and it prospers. It is God's plan that any child preaching the true word of God should grow. It lives and it bounds. It is God's plan that a Christian gets married and there's fruitfulness. Once there is a problem, something is wrong somewhere. It's never from God. His mess, something is blocking. So whatever is blocking, he removes it in his mercy. When a man humbles himself and he pleads for mercy. Did you notice yesterday in the story that uh, uh, Papa read? That blind Bartimaeus never shouted at Jesus, heal me. People are shouting many times, Lord, help my family. Lord, do something. Shout for mercy. Jesus called the guy and he said, what do you want me to do? But what got his attention was, he said, son of David, have mercy on me. The Bible said the Lord stood still. Because the Bible said, God who is rich in mercy. And that's Ephesians 2 for God who is rich in mercy. Oh, when Moses said, let me see your face. He said, no, no, you can't see me. But there is a way we can route it through a particular method. He said, when I am passing and you hear God, God, merciful and compassionate, slow to anger, he now says, say, I will have mercy on wood, I will have mercy on. He said, when you say that, you will see my back. At least I will show you something. That's Exodus 33. It was out from another verse 18 or 19. If we say, if you go that way, you will, you will see something. He said, no man sees me and leaves. It's not possible. He said, what about if we Put that revelation under mercy. Then you can see something. Somehow, God is like, the, the affinity is high. He can't say no to when the apostle says, Lord, mercy. It means a man sits and he says, that, look, I've tried. Seven days, I fought the battle. Fasting for seven days. This one, that one. But Lord, I have come to say that, you know what? I need your mercy. This is why worship is very powerful. Worship is a thing of surrender, saying to God that you see, outside you, I have no other plan. Many of you know that it touches the heart of God when you lay down before him. In truth from your heart. And you sing and you mean those words of those songs. You are my God. Apostle Paul was talking one day and he said that some of the old grandmas, which is true, I've seen some of them. They don't know Hebrew Greek. They can't quote too many scriptures. But they have one song that when they start singing, the miracles must happen. And when those grandmas tell you that um, don't do this, if you do it, I'll pray against you. You better don't. 
There is something between them and Jesus. Oh, one of our dear sisters shared with me that the mom was praying like that. There was a growth here. And Jesus appeared physically and plucked it out. Said, my daughter, what is bothering you? Plucked it out and dropped it and left. She went back to the hospital. Everything was clear. He walked in physically and plucked it and he did it and just vanished. Those who have walked with God. Mercy. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Oh, dear Lord Jesus. Hi. Can you pray for like a minute or two on your seats? All that we have received and we will yet receive during this meeting, they are just by the mercy of heaven. You know, no man of God can give you anything. Bible says a man can receive nothing except it is given from above. When I go for meeting, it is God I talk to. He can use anybody. When apostle begins to minister any man from now, and then later in the evening, he says, Pastor can you open your spirit and say, Lord, show me mercy. This is what this meeting is on. Show me mercy. I must be missing something. But I've discovered that when I go, your mercy, mercy, mercy. Oh, likos in la infrokush la mande kosiria taselo kishto. I'm being told by the Spirit of the Lord. If you have prospered before, at a point in your life, things were moving and then it stopped. Begin to pray seriously right now for mercy. The cause of the cause shall not come. Something must have led to it. At one time, things were flowing. All of a sudden, things stopped. People don't know that God did not plan that he gives you a breakthrough once in a while. No. Why is it that the last time something great happened to you was some years ago? Brethren, pray right now. There's an anointing in this place. It's not God's plan. His messages are new every morning. One time blessing is not God's plan. The Bible says it daily loads us with benefit. Anytime people see you every month, you should be advancing. That's God's plan. We have come to this kind of meeting. It's a prayer meeting. Somebody forget about your neighbor. I see how things say, but I'm being I'm being led to stand. I might just stop to just somebody pray. Five minutes to pray. Everybody. There are people listening to me this morning. At one time, God gave you some instructions. We didn't do anything about it. He will remind you again. Just be sensitive as you pray. He will show you. Heavenly Father takes no pleasure in any pain you have. It takes no pleasure. There must be a reason. It takes no pleasure. I know how you feel as a parent when something's wrong with your son. And the Bible says, if you've been, what about your Heavenly Father? 
it is not the one prolonging the days there must be light there must be revelation he must show you because you need to know that's the only way you can guide others another day so you have to know he won't just go and remove it he must show you something I will leave you for the next three minutes. Keep praying. I will lift up my eyes to the hill from whence cometh my help. My help come from the Lord. Keep praying. Keep praying. Who made heaven and earth? Keep praying. changing just to come. I want to, I want to lead us in how to wage warfare with the blood of Jesus. Revelation chapter 12. Stand. Take your Bible with you. Except you are old and you, are, you need to sit down. But if you can stand, stand. Revelation chapter 12. We are going to start from verse 7. And I'll get us 
to pray in a particular way. I see life being transformed radically right now. We were told to forgive for one reason. That was how it came Monday and Tuesday. Evan just sent me a message in the night. He said, do you want me to do anointing ministration on Thursday? I thought last time he came to where I was, people had to, they had to put their names in their pocket to carry them home. I said, sir, follow the Holy Spirit. And he came on Thursday. He said, we should still dwell on the same thing. The first time the pastor told me, he said, where is he? he was watching and was like that. Only for him to come on Thursday, I said, something. He said, Pastor Nathaniel told me, I said, Pastor I think, I'm using this word, I said, I think I might have found reasons for sickness among Christians. I said, I'm going to tell them in my church why prayers are not answered and it is true. Jesus said, if you have anything against your brother, you said to, you forgive. Now say, whatever you, you bind on earth, before the power to bind, there must be power to forgive. And there are many people trying to bind, but there are people, you hold things against or they hold things against you. Hallelujah. Yeah. Parky Diomi died. God told him to come back to life to reconcile with somebody before he died finally. Have you heard that story for the final redeem? He died. Then he came back to life. He said, he said, he then he reconciled. He told the person that, you, you, he said, you, you offended me. He said, boy, you know what? You refuse to apologize. I forgive you and I'm, I'm sorry. That was what, you know, you, you saw somebody, so the original was it. If you have seen things, it will touch you deeply. In a very massive healing crusade, they brought a man in a wheelchair. I don't know, the wife was pushing him, and the wife made a mistake, and the man was shouting. Pastor Chris saw from where he was, Yakilome, and said, Get that man out of here. That's why I said, You cannot be healed. That's why you can't be healed. So this same woman taking care of you is the one you are trying to, sh- you are shouting at because she made a mistake. She will do all the way. This is how she will take care of you. He said, With this kind of spirit, there's no anointing for you. Nothing will happen. People look away from all these things and then they won't know. This way you should pay attention. If Jesus says in my name and then you say something happens, then Papa, Papa again said, if I ever try to operate the anointing or try to reach out to people and nothing happens, said the first place I check is offense. That's the first thing. And this is why in every church, churches we must learn to release people with joy. It's important. People will do things to get you offended. Whoosh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Departments in the church, department will annoy you. We must learn to walk in love and we can't stay away. If you are here and you have never fought with any of your siblings before, raise your hand. You've never disagreed before on any matter. But you didn't pack your bag to leave the house because of that. It must be. Is there anybody here that you were right truly, your parents were wrong, but they maintain that they were right? Has it ever happened to you before? <laughs> so we're all in the same shoes. And you took it like that. It's like that. Those who criticize church, this is what they do. They want a perfect church. It's when we get to heaven. There's no perfect church on earth. 
If the power does not offend you, Anosha will offend you. Car park people will offend you. Every day as you come to your come with the love of God in your heart. It's true. Oh, dear Lord Jesus. Are we ready? Yes, Revelation 12, 7. Bible says, and there was war in heaven. Mm. This must be talking about, I don't know which, which one of the heavens. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon fought with his angel and prevailed on. Neither was there a place found anymore in heaven. Praise God. The great dragon and his angel were cast down. Verse 10. And I heard a voice. A loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. Salvation. That word salvation means sotoria. Deliverance, preservation, safety. Rescue. All the benefits that are in Christ that a Christian is supposed to enjoy. That is the meaning of the word salvation. So it's not getting saved only. Deliverance, rescue, blessings, salvation. So something was blocking it before. And the Bible says this is what was blocking it. Say now, that means it was not there before. Say now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. Somebody shall circuited the power before. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down which accused them before our God day and night. So there can be a voice that as you pray, it's antagonizing everything you are saying. What's Jesus' prayer? Or Jesus' prayer actually is the real, the real Jesus' prayer is John 17. The only part of the Bible that everything is written in red. But people say the Lord's prayer is the one he told, told them. Our Father was in heaven. But let's take it for a while. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. For you also to dislodge the dragon and have peace. You have to follow the formula they use. As a matter of fact, I want to show you something deep about the scripture. That this warfare is actually taking place every now and then. What's the next one? Verse 11, where we are going. How did they win? Read verse 11 together. And they overcame by the word of their testimony. What's the last part there? You know, for many years, I thought that they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, that that was how the angels were able to overcome. You know what? This is actually talking about men. The angels fight for you. You overcome as you plead the blood of Jesus. Number one, blood of Jesus does not apply to angels. Angel can't plead the blood. The Bible clearly states in Hebrews that it did not give aid to angels. Hebrews chapter 2. Number two point to show that not really angel, the last part, they love not their lives unto death. Angels don't die. Is that right? This must be talking about something beyond. Angels will do the spiritual fight. That's why they are involved. But what the Bible is actually saying is that the angels are prevailing on behalf of the saints as the saints are pleading the blood of Jesus. They have dethroned him in heaven once and for all. But he's still in the second heaven wrecking havoc. And still accusing men from second heaven. Accusing men. Sincerely speaking, once you are born, God has forgotten your sin. He's trying to let those things in that sense. Our Heavenly Father has forgiven once and for all. He's trying to let it in that sense by what he's saying against them. 
So Satan is releasing words in the spirit. He's not saying it to be, God will not listen to an adversary to, the, to damn your case. But he's sending words, waves of words. And they can cascade upon the Christian and start affecting what you do. The work of your hand. Then the blood of the people you are wrong is crying, crying from the soil. He is called the God of this world. And when you bring in the blood dimension, it covers, it clears everything. So the angels are saying that use the same thing. Use the same thing. No Christian should suffer. Redemption means that a person has had abortion. How many times forget? Now that you are born again, you are qualified to have how many, as many children as you want. But initially, it might not be so because the voice will speak unto you. Tell the voice that shut up. No. If any man be in Christ, the blood. Because anytime you mention the blood, you are at the front of the mercy seat. And what you obtain is mercy. And mercy will say no to evil. Hallelujah. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you, are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior, and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late, you are born again, you are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.